Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to keep it nice and brief in this intro. We've got a very special two-part podcast today. I've got Chris and Stu on. I've allowed them to uh, to remain sober, but it's because we've got a very spe- special celebration for hardcore listings. So we decided to get them on to do a, a lot of people loved when they came on and we did our top five songs that make us cry so we decided to do top five moments that changed our lives and it's fantastic it ended up being a two-parter um i think you're gonna l- l- love it but let's jump straight in oh and also b- sorry before we get started we discussed <laughs> we discussed ahead of time eliminating s- selecting um partners or any kind of relationship type thing in this top five, because it's just, it's boring and it's obvious. Stu's married, you know, there's all sorts of moving and emotional moments in in current relationships, in previous relationships, good or bad, but we decided that's not that interesting. So we we took that off the table. So, you know, just so you know, that was a, that's why there's, it's not that we're all, tired miserable old men who've never had a girlfriend or never been moved uh romantically all right come on this is the distraction pieces podcast top five moments that changed our lives Right, I'm joined today by the godchildren of podcasting, the the podchildren, um, Chrissy Goldtouch and Gr- Grandpa Stu, Christopher Glasson and Stuart Whiffin of the Hardcore Listing Podcast. How are you doing, guys? Good. What's up? <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> if, if, if anyone, obviously, most people will be listening on the audio, but if you're watching the video, Chris is wearing um, a, a, a previous... Drunk cast Christmas present, in you fact. Bought, that's, you bought this for me, and I, I was did. really happy with it. It's yeah. a balaclava, but with... What, what is it? It's like tentacles. Tentacles, tentacles yeah. over the mouth, like Thulu from H.P. Lovecraft. Yes, so he's yeah. wearing you, that. Which is you look treat. like some kind of... I don't know, it's like an octopus. Yeah. It's very, very horrible. Anyone who's, who's listened to the infamous dr- drunk cast with Ramesh and Brett at the start of Isolation will enjoy the fact that Chris had to just go and, t- and, t- and tell his mum to be quiet um, rather than what <laughs> happens in that one or the other way around. But he gracefully, he said to us, I was like, I've got to take off this balaclava thing before I go in there because it, it literally might finish her off. So Yeah, I think she'll have a heart attack, but she won't stop. Basically, weird way to start a, a podcast, but um, I've brought my big, one of my TV, one of my TVs because I'm a baller, home. Yeah. And I put it in the lounge for my mum, and it's massive. And she absolutely loves it. We watched uh, a horror movie last night, which she thought was great. But now, in the morning, uh, we, I watched Underwater with Kristen Stewart. Which I've not seen it, I've heard it's good, yeah. Yeah, it's dope. And we watched that. But now, all morning, she's been watching Wildlife, and I think she thinks she's on safari. And uh, <laughs> s- 
since <laughs> since um, since we finished our last recording this earlier, she's just repeatedly pointing out cheetahs, snow leopards, all the big cats, mate, all the big cats. I love it, so, but that's yeah. good because it's it's because of the excitement of the first time having such a big clear TV. It's exactly like when we put Stu on the on the PlayStation VR, <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh my god." Oh my god! What's that on the left? <laughs> that that was like I, I felt like I was seeing the future. That blew my mind that day. Yeah, it was it was really good. But I should mention, as we mentioned the video, um, if you do want to watch this, it'll be be up on the hardcore list in Patreon, right? As, as well as well as a couple of the previous drunk cast Zoom recordings and all. All that kind of goodness. Yes, yes. We're, we've got the uh, yeah. We've got Jaden, which was the most recent one, which was an yeah. absolute bloody what a great podcast that was, huh? It was so nice. I really, genuinely, it was a time when all of us, I think, were a bit stressed with, um, I guess, the second wave of twenty twenty madness. <laughs> yeah. um, there's been more waves since, but um, yeah, that was so nice to just jump on with those guys and have a. Have a chat. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, it was good. It was a real game of two halves. That one, wasn't it? It was like we we went in real serious for the first sort of hour, and then I think the boo sort of caught up with us, and then the the, the second half was the the usual carnage. Yeah, that, my uh, that it it was the first time I had um, post drunk cast fear because I had a sudden mem- mem- memory of us talking a lot about sex and a lot oh. about the whole gist of it was that. Uh, Jade I think had pointed out and I'd kind of agreed with and we'd both discussed how if you have bad sex it's the fault of two people and so on mm. and so forth but I had a memory of at one point saying you know I'm I'm good at sex and and, and I just felt <laughs> oh man that's the cringiest <laughs> shit in yes! the world so there was numerous oh. points you where- backtracked I'm sure oh. you backtracked and then started going I mean what, what, what I'm saying is I, you know, I've not had complaints yeah, or something yeah. like I, that I literally I backtracked <laughs> loads but it was one of the first times I've had that next morning going did I cover that enough that explaining the reason I was trying to I'm, I'm good at sex <coughs> so you've got five cringy. stars on Trustpilot actually <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I heard you paid for most of those reviews <laughs> I paid for oh, most brilliant. of the sex. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what are we here today for? Or well, we're here today to bloody celebrate. You boys have recently recently broken a million downloads of hardcore listing, which is amazing, man. Yeah, it's amazing that we've got that far. Yeah. Absolutely really bloody is. miracle. And, yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I think it's great because a lot of people will know it started kind of off the back of the drunk cast... Sure. But then it was very much left to your own devices. The first few you kind of did drunk as a mm. kind of emulation of the drunk cast, but quite soon yeah. you got comfortable in your own approach and your own style. It wasn't a. It no longer became kind of a side of an alternate drunk cast. It became yeah. y- your own thing, and yeah, it's great. I love that. Obviously, I've listened to every episode, um, and I love that you have ones that are absolute. Nonsense. That past drunk cast, in fact, is a good example of you have some that can be completely serious and genuinely emotional or genuinely insightful and some that are utter nonsense. Yeah, um, banal, pedestrian conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of like that. I, I think also the weird thing, and, and thank you for the kind words, mate, um, 
But yeah, I, I think we also found that the top five is the, the is not really the end result with our things. Obviously, it's fun to try and list them, but obviously, it's all subjective value judgments, yeah. and and it's just we we just enjoy the process of recording it and 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 being silly, and and then occasionally sort of having the more you and we've got some quite serious ones coming up actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the one that's recently came out was with Hattie Savari. Um, uh, who runs a law firm and a podcast, Legally Speaking, Get Legally Speaking. And that was just absolutely fascinating. So it's nice to be able to sometimes not film us pulling out our nose hairs um, for Patreon, <laughs> which I think um, we've just, just recorded. Yep, you just, um, you just pulled out five hairs from your nose on one episode today. Yep. So oh, wow. congratulations, patrons. you got that to look forward to. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's making my eyes water just thinking about it. Well, uh, I mean... Uh, to celebrate it, we're going to do a top five t- 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 today. But it's also yes. worth mentioning that straight after this, we're going to record an episode of Hardcore Listing that's going to be a, a yes. different top five. Mm. And I, wa- I wonder how you're going on this. Because for me, when I was making my top five lists for both mm-hmm. of these, yeah. this distraction piece is one, leans more on the serious side of top fives. And the hardcore listing one we're doing leans more on the ridiculous side. So the hardcore listing one is top five ways to spend a million pounds or dollars or whatever, right? So obviously that's going to go to some weird places. I don't know how you guys will have gone on today's one because today's topic for this distraction piece is special is top five moments that changed our lives or my life or whatever. So, Yeah. yeah, I was going through and I've gone pretty serious and all of them and some of them are light and some of them are heavy but how have, how have you guys gone do you feel it's uh, all serious or yeah no i've gone a bit i've gone a bit more serious for this because what i really enjoyed was when we did the um we, we've done some more serious ones on uh, uh with you on the distraction yeah. pieces uh, or, or the top five songs that made that make me cry yeah. is one of my favorite distraction pieces episodes ever i've fucking had so much fun doing that but also got so much good feedback of people saying because i mean as chris likes to point out only two of us were in tears but still all of us were getting emotional and it was just good and honest and open (laughs) and open emotion and that was yeah (laughs) it was good i like that we can present because again what we're doing on the drunk cast and when i'm on hardcore listing is going we're three mates he's I mean, that's how the drunk cast started. It was because yeah. of us hanging, us hanging out at Lizards and going, here's us as mates. And the beauty of that is that it can be ridiculous. It can be... I mean, the, the reason I've listened to every hardcore listing is just to send stuff to, to my lawyer f- uh, for the sl- sl- slander case I'm going to b- b- bring against you've you guys. You've got a massive... You've got a huge slander case. <laughs> I mean, we, we, I mean, a, a day, a week doesn't go past when we don't, we don't have some sort of sniping. You know me. what? The the only times it annoys me, and this is an an an, an illustration of my boring nature is when it's inaccurate <laughs> it really <laughs> grinds my gears when oh. you slag me off but i'll be like that's not accurate that's not how it <laughs> happened um but yeah we we we, sl- we slagged you last week i think right. um <laughs> when we was talking about how organized you are yeah about how if me and you are in london and we've got some meetings yeah. that you already know the times of the next five trains yeah. ahead of getting on them yep 
uh, and and hair. We, we ended up calling you spontaneous Pip. Yeah. You were so organised. Spontaneous Pip. I tell you, I don't think oh, I've talked no. to you about it, but the one oh. that that really annoyed me recently, and I, I held off because, in general, as as I've said with numerous things now. Any new podcast on the network, the first six months, every now and then I'll send some kind of, here's my thoughts on this, here's some pointers. Yeah. After that, unless someone asks me, I, I genuinely tend mm. to leave you to it. Unless Chris is sending me hilarious, or Stu, sorry, is sending me hilarious things that Chris has said that are a clear error. But the one that annoyed me recently that I didn't <laughs> b- bring up, but genuinely I thought about for about a month... Um, was when you were discussing. I'm sure I can't remember what the top five was, but you were slagging off the time I turned up for a drunk cast in my sleeveless denim jacket. Oh. Um which is fine. Which was a great drunk cast moment because yeah. you made the comparison of imagine. <laughs> Bowie turning up to hang out with his mates in some of his outfits. Turning up to his gigs, everyone would have been like, oh my God, he's a god. His mates, he would have walked in the room and they'd be like, what the fuck is this? He'd be like, I'm Ziggy. And I'd be like, fuck off, David. Um, So that was all valid. But the the thing that annoyed me was you were like, you know what? We ripped him so hard on that, I don't remember him ever wearing that again. Number one, I wore it constantly. <laughs> Number two, I liked it so much, I released my own speech development sleeveless denims, which sold out and were one of my biggest selling things I've ever done. And it was that on-trend thing like that summer. But in your memory, we slagged him so bad. Look how concise that was. He's been thinking, you've been, been thinking about that for so long. I told you. that all morning. That's what I say. No, no, no. This is the beauty of it. I've not thought about it today, but I thought about it so much after that recording <laughs> that I have. What? I've gone over that twenty times in my head. Of well, actually, the, the I mean, actually, the, <laughs> <laughs> did it work? Did it work? Did it go as planned? Are you happy? Yeah, yeah, I'm quite pleased. <laughs> I've also realised. Have you been wearing that gold tooth anymore recently? <laughs> that was the, the, the other one that you slagged. It annoyed me because. The boom in, go- in oh. g- 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 gold teeth and grills yeah. is yeah. that they're, they're caps and you put yeah, them in yeah. and out and you get all different ones. But yeah. Chris on that was like, I thought we'd done it properly and then it turned out it was just a fake one. It was, I'm like, no. That's the fucking... I, no, I, 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 I would have respected him if he'd done it properly. Mate, I understand <laughs> the principle of a grill. Yeah, but of course. It's just, it was just like, I actually thought you'd gone and pot committed to it and then I because I didn't think you'd wear like a, like a one like I've seen plenty of grill I haven't seen yeah. plenty of grills I'm not yeah, saying yeah, I yeah, hang yeah, out yeah. with everyone wearing grills all the time I'm just not cool I don't I don't go out anyway not to mute the music scene anymore but a one tooth grill yeah 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 blew me away that's why I thought you just committed to it yeah 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 like, but that was it that one hurt but it was accurate so I couldn't I, I didn't get angry about it I was like he's, he's, sorry he's just top deep. five he's just top five about oh. moments now this is like therapy for you now he's just exercising all of this pent up yeah. anger at us I'm, it's one of your I'm, moments when you realise you've got poor taste in fashion Pip is that's that it that's it I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm glad you've come here today to, to discuss this. Uh, what I wanted to get into... No, what I was saying with that is I love that we have an illustration of yes. the variation of friendship, that we will just yeah. rip the shit out of each other and be really horrible, but then we'll also feel completely comfortable to be genuinely emotional around each other and know the the, 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 the limits and boundaries. Even then, know when to rip each other mm. 
even if it's emotional, you know, to, yeah. to lighten the mood. So, yeah, that's what, for my involvement on Hardcore Listing and the Drunk Cast, that's what's kind of been the nice, yeah, the nice illustration it's, there. It was nice to see that when um, you probably had more prescience and forethought on that than um, me and that other prick here. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice to Hello. see that as a result of um, watching <clears throat> people who see your interviews with people, not interviews, chats with people. Yeah, and and then getting that more intimate side, and but the, what you're saying there between knowing how far to push it, and you know, and, and where it's coming from, is an important part in life. Is being able to do that. I don't think we can. I don't. You can. You can't protect anyone from anything, really. But it's it's also on you to learn how to negotiate yeah. a sensitive and heartfelt conversation, and also be able to. I think poke at poke fun at each other as well, and yeah. and I'm really ha- I'm really glad that we have that, and I'm glad that I, I don't know if it's a, it, within our culture, uh, like how we grew up, but that has always been a big part of it, and and I think when you're younger, sometimes that goes a bit wrong. I think you have to find yeah, find completely. out how how to get that right, and it actually comes that is that does form fundamentally my part of my number one. But it's nice to be able to do that, and and for people to know that as well, it's it's okay to. Tear, tear into each other a little bit but learning how learning where that boundary is is a really important one and Completely. I, I know people who they'll sometimes watch me talk to people and we'd be out and then they'll say things that I've said to a friend to a borderline stranger mm. and then they get a bizarre reaction back and they're like but you just said that to so and so I was like but there is a difference yeah there and yeah. it's you know it's like when we joke when we're joking it's like I, I tend to find that all, all, all humours, you know, sense, I think you should defend comedy and being able to say what you want. But I think also it's only funny if people are laughing, especially when you're when you're not a professional comedian and you don't have that platform agree. where people are coming to see you. So if you're at home with a few friends and maybe you don't know a few of those people who have come to visit, going in there with your favourite awful joke, it might not be the time for that. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm, no, I'm, I completely agree, and I think all of us, it's a continual thing as well of knowing and learning where their boundaries are and things like that. I've had points in the past with probably both of you in recent history where I feel, oh, actually, I've I've stepped over slightly there and I need to kind of rein that that, that back in. And that's part of it. It isn't a, oh, you you get it and that's it. I think there's probably been parts on Drunk Cast where Mm. we've dug each other out too much or whatever else, but that's developed over the... The, the podcast but anyway Anything. so this isn't a five-part episode like the drunk casts um <laughs> shall we jump into our top fives have you guys ranked them as a top five because again that's the thing that comes up on hardcore listening a lot some yeah. people it's just five some people it's ranked from five to one how have you guys gone on I, this I, brought, I, I, I haven't go. i haven't yeah. ranked i've yeah. got one i'll talk about last but broadly speaking um, I haven't done them in time order or anything like that. But yeah. what I did do is something I find interesting is things that change your life are either within your control or normally outside. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a guy called Stephen Covey who wrote a lot about these sort of things and it's the spheres of influence. And one's within your control, one's something, something that is completely out of your control and there's one that you might have the ability to influence. Yeah. And so when I was writing this, I was always thinking... Did I have any influence in that, or did that yeah. just happen to me? Because I think when you're talking about life-changing matters, I think for mental health, 
sometimes we punish ourselves and we can punish ourselves a little bit too much on things that actually we had no control over that you know yeah. so yeah so I, I sort of started thinking of that while I was breaking these down looking at mine I've got ones that I had no influence over ones that I had some influence over and I've got one that Chris had influence over so <laughs> so it's good to know those spheres <laughs> those spheres are there and the and the, and the variation is there um well, who wants to to, to to kick things off? Stu, would you Stewie? like to go first? Okay, well, um, I, I might as well do one that's all-inclusive then. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to go first and say uh, a moment that changed my life um, was, was meeting you, Pip. Oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> and um, that, in turn, led me to meet Chris, uh, and that led us to form a nightclub, a nightclub event that we run for 10 years, mm-hmm. and that led us to us being on the drunk cast and then the knock-on of that become me and Chris then set up our own podcast and subsequent podcasts and now we've also got a magazine together yeah so meeting you has opened so many possibilities and had a massive impact on the course of my life for the last 10 years without the, a doubt. the fun part of that is your memory of meeting me is going to be di- different to my memory of meeting you because you met you're talking about meeting Scroobius Pip, and I remember meeting you before I was Scroobius Pip, and as we've discussed in the past, being a drunk idiot um, yeah. and causing trouble at the brush and tr- and trying to get a DJ slot and th- throwing up in the toilets in front of you. Scum. And you, at that point, you wouldn't have remembered that or known that that was the same person, but yeah, it's quite amusing that my awareness of you probably preceded your awareness of me. Like, when yeah. me and Dan got together you, you knew dan more than you knew like anything of me particularly yeah, yeah, right totally, so yeah, yeah and it was then yeah uh, when we came and played for you really that you then that we met but i had been aware previously of of serious problem and of the brush yeah. and trying to dj there and me chris and all of that lot being kind of a bit blacklisted at the brush because of our mate tom um, and being <laughs> seen as trouble and <laughs> all sorts of stuff like that that you wouldn't have at that point associated and it might have tarnished the beautiful relationship that flowed after. <laughs> you had no idea that there was a dangerous loner walking around your club, hanging outside. No idea. No idea. <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird, isn't it, Chris, that me and you were... were going to the brush and will have been aware of Stu as kind of one of the main DJs and one of the guys always at the at the front yet he would have been completely unaware of the of the of the drunk teens partly unaware because we were sneaking in the back door rather than going in the front and and not paying so but yeah being completely unaware of us and what and what would be the future yeah yeah and and, yeah and and it has it's just you know and 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 uh, aside from all of the kind of the, the, the effects it's had on my career path, we're all good pals, and mm. like, hence why we're sitting in there doing this, and and yeah, that's nice. Like, it isn't all business, do you know what I mean? We do also hang out and, and watch UFC or hang out and go for a swim and, and things like that. You know, yeah. it's not just you know, uh, it's not just had an effect on um, you know, like I say, my career path. It's had an effect on my circle of friends. Do you I know think what I mean? the, la- the laughs is you know just so much. It's so great. Yeah, yeah totally. That we've had, you know, and it, and I think it is nice to be able to work with people that you don't fucking hate, and um, and so many people do. So yeah, it's yeah, it's cool to be able to have those relationships. Just to clarify, I was talking about Pip there, not you. Oh, 
We'll just uh, edit I this mean, bit out because it'll make me look really silly. I mean, I want to clarify that um, for anyone who's a new l- l- listener, Stu was referencing the wild s- s- swimming that he and Chris have done and he and I have done and stuff like that because just casually thrown in, hang out, have a swim, um, just sounds really odd to someone who doesn't know the, the context of that, as if we're always just hanging out at pool parties. Um, you know, just... In Lido's. You do anything t- 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 tonight? No. Do you want to come round, have a swim? What? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very odd. But yeah, I think that's true. And as I said, in these weird times... Are you and me, Stu, have had a lot of interaction because of Pod Bible, mm-hmm. but we also, as soon as it felt safe, met up to go and have a wild swim. We got yeah. up at half six in the morning and went somewhere in separate cars and kept our distance and swam with literally not a single person, except for the oh, we did yeah. bump into the British uh, Tiger King, who was yeah. some weird guy who literally, yeah. as we're about to jump in, appeared out of the, the bushes and was like, all right, lads. Yeah. <laughs> like, <It was laughs> quite weird. Hello. It's <laughs> 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 like, all right, lads, what, what are you up to? Like, oh, we're, oh, we're going to go for a swim. Are, are we allowed? He was like, oh, I'm just, I do a bit of fishing, a bit of hunting. And then he, he knelt down and I just went, oh, you're about to kneel in some shit there, mate, because there was just some shit on the, just a big dog shit on the floor. I wish he'd have just said, I know, and then just looked you dead in the eyes and continued to kneel in it. How, how Tiger King is it? And then you knew you were going to die. But how Tiger King is it dude. to meet new people and take a knee when you're chatting? <laughs> <laughs> That's just not something that happens. Just, all right, lads, then down to one knee. You, are you up to much? Uh, hello? But yeah, that and was, it was quite weird because we both had that casual, thing then. Because obviously, on he the was side lovely. Of the water, to be clear, he was little, uh, lovely and he was safe. From it, it yeah. turned out, but it was a worry at first. All in 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 like yeah. army camo. I will also stress that every time we'd swim so far, we'd turn around and swim the other way just so we could swim past where our stuff was, just to check it was still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or to check that there was only one shit. But we had that swim, and it was such a quiet and hidden spot that a duck came and started sw- swimming with us. Didn't that's he? not. That doesn't. That's not impressive. It was beautiful. I just want to call that out. That's well, not impressive. Well, well, here's what you it will. It was like. so quiet that we saw the rare form of a duck in a pond. Like, no, but yeah, it mate. swam along with us. It didn't, like, oh. swim away or fly away. Okay. But the, what you will like is we were stood there at one point and two ducks right down the other end started to do that fly along where they're kind of skimming the surface. Sick. And I jokingly stood there, put my fists up and said, fucking bring it, come on. <laughs> and then they kept jokingly. flying towards me and I proper bottled it because I looked like, <laughs> was cracking up because I was like fucking come on lads and they just darted right on up because I, I figured they were going to swoop up into the sky at some point but they didn't they just proper charged at me I was going to say us for, but yeah. specifically me oh brilliant but yeah that's a good one I said it's, it's, it's valid it's literally how we're here today I guess yeah so, totally yeah. yeah Chris would you like yeah. to go next yeah. Uh, taking LSD for the first time. Great. With you. Excellent. With you, actually. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I've not got that much interest now in hallucinogenics. And that. I've probably Same. got a few trips Probably got a few trips left in me, but it's not like a burning desire. I'm not on the on the dark web ordering bloody microdots, mm. like left, right and centre. Although today would be a good time to do it, because look how Larry's shoes shirt is. 
Yeah. It's at, but yeah, I mean that 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 profoundly changed me that experience. It's it's an interesting it. one, isn't it? Because people warn you, particularly with 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 LSD, how it could change your mind permanently, and that's a genuine and yeah. fair warning. But you yeah. don't think about how it could change your mind permanently for the the better. Because I I completely agree on that. That didn't even cross my mind. But that is the, definitely something that, and it's hard to say if it was the drugs or that period, the people that we yes. were hanging out with, the the ideas that we had, and the way yeah. we wanted to change. Yeah, gr- gr- growing up in a small town in Essex, surrounded yeah. by a lot of lads and geezers who would mm. be more down the route of going of taking cocaine or whatever else yeah it was a select group of us who were like no i want to expand my mind and be a hippie kind of thing yeah but yeah it opened your eyes up a lot have you got any specific memories of that first time of what it of course Uh, oh well yeah yeah totally so i mean it was life-changing for the reasons that you say i think in terms of cementing friendships and you know being a footnote in my life for that and having fun but it's weird because it's difficult sometimes on these on on drugs to articulate quite what's happening to you or quite the feelings that you're having because we live in a we live in our own brain that tries to define reality in certain set ways and mm-hmm. and and how we learn from everyone else teaches us what we're experiencing but when you take acid it throws a lot of things into disarray and that time i felt like i was having quite a, a, a deep, but this sounds so crazy because it's hard to make it make sense to someone who hasn't taken it. And sometimes you might you might not even get this on LSD anyway. But mm. I felt a, a, a connection to myself on a like a, a, a molecular level, which is a strange way to perceive yourself. Yeah, and also it made me feel it made me be able to deconstruct because I felt that it deconstructed my psyche a little bit and deconstructed my ego. It set set me on a path to doing that and realising a bit that I'm a bit meaningless in life and that we all are and that actually that's a nice humbling thing as well yeah. and I think that I don't know I feel that I became a kinder human being and more empathetic after taking LSD like I pr- profoundly do think that happened I don't think it helped me cr- uh, creatively I know that has done for a great number of people in writing and stuff like that but I really do see it as a great way of deconstructing your own psyche is and, and understanding what your body is, yeah. um, using modes of perception that you don't genuinely lo- use unless you start taking LSD. Mm. And so, yeah, I've, I, I've never never looked back. Forever grateful for that being the best best probably drugs experience of my life. That I think we paid four pounds for those tabs. Per yeah. it was a purple Buddha or something like that. It was yeah. called and um, four pound. And I think I started sobering up about. 10 o'clock, we were in L- Langdon, uh, one of the fields over in Langdon, and I phoned up my boss. So I had yeah. one of the best best moments of my life, followed by one of the worst, when I told my boss, oh, I thought it was a cool guy. Oh, I've just come out of my first acid trip, and um, I just don't think I'm going to make it into work today. And he was like, you're coming into work or else you're fired. And then, yeah, I spent eight hours in a clothes shop with him freaking <laughs> me out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's n- not fun. But yeah, that's a that's a great one. Again, it's worth highlighting that. Again, we talk about it loads on say why to drugs set and setting uh, a, a big influences on sure. on 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 your experiences that you're going to have have with drugs. I'd recommend people go and either listen to or even better read the 
the section on LSD or hallucinogens in the Say Why to Drugs book or on the Say Why to Drugs podcast. Because, again, it's it, we were almost boringly grown up about it all. It wasn't like we were casually going, oh, let's do these in a club on a night out or whatever else. We'd planned and decided who we were going to be around, where we were going to be. And it was, I completely agree, it was perfect. It was the perfect kind of situation to go and, and, and get into that state. And and again, the who you're around is really key there as well. Cause Absolutely. For I'd safety, say, I'd say that is. For yeah. your own safety and your own comfort, that's really key because you can start to panic a bit on any drugs. Um, and that can have really negative effects, particularly on a drug that's that's affecting your mental state you can spiral massively but if you feel comfortable and safe and i'd say that i'd say our times taking lsd and and taking pills changed me a lot in my comfort in myself around other people i've always been quite a a self-conscious and nervous person and you can't have that when you're on those drugs that goes out the window. So having those experiences and realising it's fine and realising it's all enjoyable and all okay was, yeah, It's definitely, it's definitely a life changer. caution because I think we were really lucky because also yeah. my mindset was happy, mm-hmm. wasn't jaded. I didn't have any emotional internal trauma I was trying to face at the age when we did that. And I think that's it's important. And I'm not saying if you, you, know, you try that at a point when you have been through those things but you've got to be ready that it might present that to you. Mm. So uh, the last time I did mushrooms was uh, two New Year's ago, New Year's Eves ago, and it was fantastic. I had an incredible time on it, but it was following that year was the year. It was about um, four or five months after my father passing, mm. and so that was that 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 presented that to me those feelings. Yeah. And it was great. It was a positive thing. I cried my way through that part of it. Mm. And it was a really nice thing to do. But yeah. you have to, like, yeah, set and set in. And your, your mindset before you go into it is, is, is so important. And that's why people should be care- careful. It isn't just like, I wish I knew this. I wish that the rhetoric when we were younger wasn't watch out, drugs will kill you. Yeah. Ecstasy is going to kill you. But it was such a hard line of what it's going to do. I wish it was. I wish it was a softer line, and then saying yeah. more like what Susie Gage does is look. Yeah. Here's all the. Here's all the things. Because you know what, I might. I might have backed off of my. You know, su- you know, substance abuse in my early twenties for a lot of those reasons. You know. So. Yeah. Again, this is now almost an advert for say why to drugs, both the <laughs> podcast and the book. But it's completely right. The point of that podcast is to say, look. Don't just say all drugs are bad because that, as Susie always says, that is is really dangerous because you're putting all drugs together and then if you see your mates smoke weed and nothing bad happens, then you're going to go, well, that means probably heroin's okay as yeah, well exactly. and this is okay as well. And all drugs have their pros and their cons and the point of Say Why to Drugs is to go through b- both of those. It's not despite what people who are against podcasts like that think it's not a pro drugs podcast it's just here's the facts here's some experiences and here's the 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 scientific facts of uh of these specific drugs uh, you've not done much like outside of alcohol have you Stu? no did you, you know if was that a conscious choice or yeah massively 
Um, I thought it was because you were a big chicken. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I grew up, you know, uh, in a generation where uh, Zamo told you to just say no. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, it was just a case of, um, when you were talking about mindset, I'm, I'm a control freak. And right. the thought of suspending that in something that I, you know, by taking, because when I was 16, all of my mates would, would take, would, were doing trips and it looked amazing. And I just wasn't comfortable enough in my mindset to go and do that because I just thought, do you know what? I could end up spoiling it for them and spoiling it for myself. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to do that. Which and is then, perfect because that sounds it is, like it's, it's the right, the right choice. Thing to do, yeah. And, and, and we've got a mate, our mate Mark has never, he's always been there for all of the different things that we've done, or a lot of them, mm. he's never touched any of them because he's been exactly the same. He's been like, it's not for me. And it's it's as important to be honest with yourself on that and brave enough to not and just not, yeah, go not along with the group, peer pressure. peer pressure. Yeah. Well, Mark tried something and it yeah. didn't agree with him. Right, yeah, yeah. And instead of going, oh, you know what, let's you know get back on that horse. Yeah. Um, it wasn't heroin. Terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> He didn't. <laughs> and I've seen so many people, I've seen so many people not do that. Yeah. Like their body is telling them, guess what? I'm not cool with drugs. Because yeah, our, our yeah. tolerances are so vastly different. Yeah, yeah. And yet... And, uh, what, sorry, go on. No, no, that's it, mate. That's it. And, and importantly, um, every weekend when all of my friends were taking drugs, I was working. Yeah. So yeah. that was another massive factor. Well, you, you were selling drugs. I was going to say, because you were a dealer, weren't you? So, so it's getting... <laughs> but, you know, I was also... To be know, clear, he wasn't a dealer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously I was, you know, I was DJing at, at, at the time at Raquel's and, and, and other places in Basildon, and that's obviously where Leah Betts mm. um, famously got, got her ecstasy uh, pill yeah. and, and, and that, that took her life. And so it all just felt really intensified, you know, yeah. especially where, where, where we lived that, that, you know, all, all of that, that sort of, um, advertising campaign of, of the, the photographs of Leah, uh, mm. in the hospital bed was so stark and, and yeah, and things like that just made me, you know, it, it did affect me. It, did, it certainly made me think, Oh, do you know, what? I just don't want to do that. Mm. Like, um, and yeah, it's just, it's just, it was never for me. Like, you know, weed, I've never had a problem with weed, quite yeah. enjoy it. And and again, maybe working in, in clubs and stuff and, and you see lots of situations that you can just trace back to cocaine yeah. quite clearly. It ain't a good thing. No. <laughs> that ain't a good thing. I've seen some horrible fucking I, stuff. I genuinely almost I think I did it in the end, but for a long time we didn't do the cocaine episode of of Say Why to Drugs because I was, I kept saying to Susie, I can't be impartial on it. All the, mm. all the other drugs, because I'd mainly be there to go, I've tried these, or I know enough about it, here's my view. Cocaine, I can't be impartial on. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I've never tried it, but I'm, I've had exactly the same. I've had I've had strangers just do my head in, but I've also had people that I absolutely adore absolutely do my head in and become insufferable because of it. So I think we did do it in the end, but it's the, it's the episode I'm the most quiet on because I'm like I don't. The point of this podcast is it's meant to be impartial, um, but yeah, it's a it's In, a weird. Insufferable one. is a really good word to describe people on cocaine. Yeah, but equally, I'd also say, have you had more negative experiences from working in clubs with people on cocaine or with people on booze? Obviously, booze. Obviously, yeah. booze. So that's again, we don't need to go into that. It's mind blowing that alcohol is the yeah. legal drug and the acceptable drug. It like I've I've mentioned it. 
a Demile man numerous times because he's he's loosened over the years, but he's always been quite anti-drugs. Um, yet he drinks r- regularly. He's a, a big. He's not an alcoholic, but he he will have a brandy before bed if he's if his his joints are hurting or whatever else and mm. stuff like that. And it'll be a a constant thing. And it's like, well, that's drugs. That's that's what drugs are. So there's, there's no difference. Bang on to Gak now, have you or what? Yeah, or, or I, it, it, in fact, I encouraged him to get back on the horse. Um, so, so, so that's fine. Um, I'll do my number five, and I'll keep arguably him. one of the funniest things Chris Glasser ever said oh, by accident you. as well. By accident. That was such a good timing. <laughs> Instead of deciding to get back on the horse. Oh, sorry, I'm not talking about um, my. I'm going to go with one um, that involves Chris, and the way I've made made the note is just DJ Shadow slash. The Fez Club. Oh, fuck. Um, and when we did the Relying on the Kindness of Str- Strangers tour, again, yeah. th- this is one that I've analysed a lot more in post. But for those who don't know, m- me and Chris did a tour where it was my first thing. I'd quit my job and it was my first time doing gigs on street corners. And the reason I've noted both of them is the DJ Shadow gig was my first ever performing any of my Scroobius Pip stuff in front of anyone. And the Fez Club was the first one in a venue where I had the slideshow I'd prepared. The whole I'd prepared a whole show, and yeah. it was the but that was the first ever proper gig. And obviously, Dan Lassac booked it and put it together, and that launched our whole career together, yeah. which was life changing. So, but the reason I put them together and put Dash Chris is in it's been in looking back at it number one it only occurred to me uh, when i was doing an interview somewhere else that i quit my job and we planned this tour and i changed everything in my life and i at that point i hadn't performed any of these songs in front of anyone ever and that wasn't a boldness on my part it's just i think i i sometimes get credited with more boldness than i have because i just get obsessed with planning a thing and don't necessarily think about other parts of it. So I, I was like, here's here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do this. And it didn't cross my mind to go, w- w- what if I can't perform live? Or what if I can't do it? Or what if it doesn't work? Just went, right, here's what we're doing. And I think particularly on the DJ Sh- Shadow one, if Chris hadn't been there, I might not have done it. It was because I had so- someone to hold me accountable because because everyone because the DJ Sh- Shadow one it was an album launch party and we were just turning up and I would I had a little amp and I was going to do my thing to the people in the in the in the queue outside for the people in the queue outside not to the people in the queue outside um, and if I was on my own as no one was expecting it it would have been easy to go and I kind of did this at first to go oh, I don't know if this is right I'm not sure this might not be the one let's maybe move on or do another thing but because chris was there to say go on in you're going to get started i'll go and hand out flyers you you do your thing it was kind of like right i've got no choice here i've kind of 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 got to do it and i talk all the time about the the quote if you've if you've got something to fall back on you're more likely to fall back and that comes into to play there i had nothing to fall back on i had no reason after building it all up so much and the fact that me and chris had packed and put our clothes in my van to spend a month mm-hmm. living in my van touring the country, I couldn't then turn around and go, nah, shall we leave it? 
<laughs> Let's just go home. Doing? I'll drop you yeah, back man. in Basildon. <laughs> I remember. I, I remember it so clearly, mate. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't have um, a, a, a fascination or a fetish for material things. I haven't ever. I'm not particularly good at collecting things or keeping things mm-hmm. in good condition because I don't emotionally connect. And the one, but one thing I'm gutted about is that I filmed that right on a. Uh, an old Sony, you know, the yeah. white and orange Sony Ericsson. I'm sure that's the phone I had. Yeah. And I filmed that. And then I must have forgot it was on there or what I've passed it on. I might have if it. If I ever find... I might have it because oh, yeah. we t- because we took a camcorder with us. Oh, shit. And I've got a load of, f- of footage f- from then. At one point, uh, t- Tom and Aaron were going to mm. edit it and try and make a little documentary, but that all, all mm. slipped aside. But... I've got a load of footage from that tour that either you filmed or Mutt yeah. filmed. Yeah. Um, and there's a load at the, at the Fez Club backstage. Because I said, that was the first time that we went inside for any of these. And there yeah. was actually an yeah. audience and a crowd. And it was a planned and advertised thing. But then it was an equal kind of, all right, uh, let's go and do this. And I think, as I said, particularly that DJ Sh- Shadow one, but th- throughout that, even after getting over that first hurdle, there, there probably were ones that we went, oh, let's not bother. But there was a lot that if I was on my own, I would have probably not not bothered. But because I had Chris there to kind of go, here's the bit, because what we do on that tour is I'd do my bits and then we'd go round to clothing shops and pitch Redshift yeah. as, a, as, a, as a label, essentially, and leave some information... And things like that. So, yeah, I kind of had a responsibility to play my part. And that changed everything. Obviously, that was the launch of everything that has happened since, of a career in entertainment in any way. So, yeah, that's my number five. Nice memories, man. There was a guy who, just very quickly, there was a guy who once took a picture of me and you on the underground. And we were going somewhere and we had your uh, little stereo player. Right. And I was very happy that day, and I would love to have seen that photo. Because yeah. it was just a random dude, and he just took a picture of us on the train. And yeah. I'd love to see that photo, but we'll never see it. And that's okay. But Yeah, yeah. I um, like that. Stewie, what's your number four, mate? Look at Chris owning the podcast. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a podcast t-shirt on, it reminds me. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> right. Podcast. Um, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> it's a little callback for those in the know. Um, and anybody that listens to hardcore listening, keep your ears peeled because I've done it in every podcast since. You haven't. I don't uh, believe you. I do not 100%. believe you. 100%. You don't believe you. Right, come wow. on. Um, um, Getting, uh, now that's what I call music, uh, on vinyl for Amazing. Christmas. Oh, in, uh, in 1982, I think it would have been. Uh, that was a bit old for getting a uh, vinyl then, yeah. <laughs> hey, brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember like um, I, I, I think like I, I'd got a stereo from my folks, like a, a kind of tape deck and just some little kind of. I think it was made by like Say Show, which I think was like Dixon's home brand. Right. That's a big and, gift. Uh, was that for your twenty first? Or <laughs> <laughs> listen. You've got to stop this ages stuff. It's great. You, you, you own it, mate. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just got a double album. And and, and what was brilliant was it was I, I weren't really into music. I didn't really know anything about music. And that album was 
a compilation, obviously, that went on to become the, you know, the now that's what I call music thing. Um, and just the fact that I got to listen to so many types of music, and inside the double album was pictures of all the artists who you'd only ever occasionally see on top of the pops. And it also had all the chart statistics and the date it was released. And it just completely opened up a, a nerd in me, yeah. like an absolute music nerd. And I would study it and play it and play it and play it. And, and yeah, and it was like, and, and I've been so lucky that I've actually got to podcast with some of the people that, have, that were on that album. Amazing. Like, and, and, and also got to interview the guy who come up with that album who who was Richard Branson's right hand man and come up with the now that's what I'll call music franchise oh, wow that's amazing and, and so got the story on how that happened and, and how that was one the one I that that first one was one of the greatest like, big, sorry not greatest biggest selling albums ever and, and yeah and it just opened up my love and fascination with statistics and chart placings and being a, an, an, an anorak for, for music and I completely 110% can pinpoint it to that. Oh, that's that just the f- discovering something new. Yes, is, is like it's difficult because it's sometimes difficult to really ever communicate that feeling to other people. Yeah, how good it made you feel when you you got that in your hands and you don't really realise where that's going to take you and where it's going to take your your life. Yeah, um, Rap Attack was a cassette I had. And I did that. So I went. I, I've been doing Couch to Five K because I'm chronically been getting out of shape. And um, I was running around, and I ran my old post Paperboy round the other right, day. Right, wicked. And it was an. Um, it was so emotional because I haven't done it for. Honestly, I've not dinged down some of those back roads in in, in my neighbourhood for since I did it. Yeah. So, like so, when I was what fourteen, I was emotional. Twenty four years ago, and I, it was pushing memories back of remembering walking up to those doors. And all the while, I'd be listening to Rap Attack or Black Sunday, and yeah. they they like like they were life changing moments for me, Stu. It's an incredible discovery that I love that. I tried to think of of a similar one on my top five, and I couldn't pinpoint because I think the first artist I got really into was Jimi Hendrix, and it blew my mind. And I got everything he he'd put out, and I was amazed. But it was like your Green Days or your Rancids or Offspring that were the ones that really felt like my music like Hendrix yeah. it felt like I'm relating to oh I was I'm relating to something yeah. f- from another time yeah. whereas that was the first one I was like this means everything to me right now but I couldn't really pinpoint a a specific so that's perfect that it's it's a now it's an it's the mm. first ever now that's what I call music because that sums up your passion about music because it is about loving the songs, but then it is also about having an encyclopedic knowledge and the behind-the-music knowledge. You've read loads of musical biographies and, and biographies, yeah. and the Off the Beat and Track podcast constantly shows your depth of knowledge of of release dates and things like that, and eras and crossovers and B-sides. And that is summed up by something that went on to become almost looked down upon and a cheesy franchise and not and not for real music fans but when that yeah. came out that was more in depth than anything else yeah yeah totally i mean the fact that an album come out then that had the likes of the cure madness yet it also had kajagoogoo and yeah. duran duran yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it you know and and you know so there's some dreadful records on that but 
it was just the first time I got to sort of experiment with different types of music on on, on one record, and so yeah. it kind of opened your, you know, and, and, and you know we're all completely none of us are like purists of any any genre, are we? No. All three of us here, you know, love all all sorts of music, and and I think yeah, it did go on to be something that is is you know frowned upon, but at the time when it came out, I think it was the first ever compilation album that um, was an agreement between major labels because up until then mm. it had only be like a, a, compil- a, a greatest hits like a, a, a compilation sorry would be label specific so this was the first one that I think it was Virgin and maybe Sony or whoever it was all come together and to put out the first like compilation of everything that was going on yeah that's exciting I love that's that right. and, go on Pip um, no, I was just going to say the excitement of that being the start of a journey of buying and obsessing over new music that would go on for like 15 years until 1997 when you stopped buying any new music and <laughs> just settled with what you've got, decided that's me lot. Um, I'm good you there. Don't, the brain, your brain's only so big, mate. It's, Where can it's you go like after that. no diggity? Where can <laughs> you go? <Yeah. laughs> no, I love that. Chris, do you want to give your number four? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to give a quick shout out to... Uh, I was just thinking this, right? And it, it, it was one that was going to be a periphery one, but I remember when I discovered The White, The Wolf, uh, which is obviously the Games yes. Workshop type thing. Yeah. And I remember seeing it with, with Jay, and I saw uh, we saw this little character on the front of his... It was a guy with a, a gun, a LAS gun. It was an Imperial Guardsman, for those in the know. The Astra Militarum. Shoes cracking up already, look at him. He can't contain it. But that had a that that was quite influential. That started a whole sort of like you know we we liked science fiction and fantasy stuff as kids. But when we saw that and realised there was a real community that was doing yeah. that, that was incredible. And I, I could I could have had that for one. But it also made me just think then when you was talking about um, the the records and stuff. Shoot, the newsagent and magazines was like the internet at that time. Yeah. Like how exciting was it to walk in a newsagent and just look? At all those magazines and all that information and variety that you had up on that wall. Now yeah. you walk in there. You, you said you said up then. Was you, yeah. was you looking up? Then? <laughs> now you walk in there, buy your grumble mag, and you and you, you. I mean, you don't even do it then. But there was the mysticism of the top shelf. Yeah. You know, for for, for 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 better or worse. But as a as a young boy, you're not gonna possibly not be drawn and, towards that. But and yeah, then also, how incredible. exciting was it when you learnt that you could could order stuff in? Because oh, White Dwarf yeah. and Kerrang were two. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've ever yeah. told you this, but we had either subscriptions come into our house or Martin at the corner shop up the top of our old our old hill would order in Kerrang and White Dwarf for me and my brother, and yeah. it was just so the best good. thing because because he he didn't they were things. It felt more exciting when it's something that's just not regularly stocked. It's not smash hits. It's not the NME. It's like, yeah. oh no, I'm getting the real, no. the yeah, that's the it. secret stuff under the counter shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love anyway, that. Anyway, um, my one was this is absolutely stupid. You're going to hate this, but it's it, it's life changing for me. But it's so personal that it's boring. And that is, I watched an episode of Ghostbusters the cartoon as a kid, and there was it was about the Sandman. Yeah, and they were having this scenario where the Sandman was destroying their uh, was destroying New York City through people's dreams and how they beat the Sandman was by saying well if you're in my dream you're basically I'm in I'm in control of that because it's inside my head 
and the right. Sandman lost all his power. And I've always said I'd, I've I've written like the, the the structure, and it's basically an autobiography of my lucid dreams. But that was crucial to my ability to recognise and be in control of my my dreams. And yeah. as much as for other people, like the thought that people can't really grasp lucid dreaming, it seems so boring. But for me, it was another life for a very long time. I, I had a second life until my mid twenties when I was like, I've got to stop doing it. Yeah. Um. So so much. But it was incredible. Like, you know, people who love virtual reality and computer games and things like Ready Player One, they pale in comparison to when we learn how to properly un- unlock the ability to lucid dream, I, I-, I assure you. And so that uh, cartoon, basically, I remember I was having, I was having night terrors as a, as a kid. And because they started repeating themselves, I started becoming slightly aware in my dream of what was happening. And then I realised that I could actually move around. But then further challenges were my my brain was conjuring other things, and when I started to understand the rhetoric that I'm actually this is happening in my head, so ultimately I can dictate it. It taught me a lot about what a self fulfilling prophecy was, and actually how you can actually affect control over that. And and it's the same in reality to one shape or another. I didn't really figure that out until I was much older, mm. but. What you tell yourself, you are in control of most of the things that you think. You can create an idea and you can make it happen. Uh, everything starts from nothing. And um, I learned that from a silly little cartoon, you know. You seem yeah. so stupid and, and, and I can't share any of those experiences unless I write about them, of what yeah. I've done with Lucy Dreaming. But for me, it is like, there's chapters on it. I love like, it. Like any of the things that we were ever interested in, it's, uh, it was fascinating and it was a lot of fun. So yeah, very strange one that, but I thought I'd I thought I'd bring it in there. Yeah, I like it. I like it, and it's it's really interesting because it's something that you said realizing things l- l- later on in life. It was something that I was always aware that you'd done, but I didn't mm. know how big and important a part of your life mm. it was until years and years later when we'd, yeah. we'd talk every now and then, and it'd be clear that this was a big thing. It wasn't just as people will always mock. There's nothing more boring than hearing someone else oh, tell you about absolutely. their dreams and that became a bit of a joke because i knew yeah. that you were into your dreams but then it was years later it was like oh no this is more of a big deal than again as we were talking at the start of this of learning the the what's appropriate to mock and what's not it was years <laughs> later going oh man that's been an ongoing joke for ages yeah yet that's yeah. a big part of, of chris's life it would be like finding out that wanking has actually been really spiritual and important to you because that's another thing that, <laughs> that we've mocked I you for. Genuinely, years. nearly, I nearly picked, I nearly picked something surrounding wanking, but <laughs> I, I kept it clean for. Come over to Patreon and I'll tell you all about it. But definitely, man. But, but yeah, it's a bit like when the thing is about that whole thing when people would laugh about me and tell me it's boring, is that I, I didn't take it too too much to heart. I really, at most, I felt a bit frustrated by it, but mm. it's like. You know, if you succeed at something and you smash it, like if someone was to attack your music career, pit, mm. right, or attack something that you've achieved that you're proud of and that has given you masses of satisfaction, same same with you, Stu, does it matter? Like you, you're kind of almost like I, you can laugh right, at me cool. or you can... Yeah. Because I had this thing that was incredible and I know that probably... In, I don't know at what point, but they will figure that shit out and I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. It could well be. But when they do, I'll be able to go, guys, you might be able to get to experience this now and realise quite how fucking insanely, overwhelmingly powerful it is. Yeah. Even as a tool for learning. 
and understanding yourself as well. There's there's so, there's, there's a wealth of potential within that work, that immaterial realm. And um, yeah, there we go. Dream it up, baby. Dream it up. I mean, it, it it reminds me. I'm sure I told the story on a drunk cast at one point, but our, before one of the drunk cast, the dream a dream I'd had is the complete opposite of that. The week before, I'd had a dream, and the whole dream was. I was working at a bar I used to work in and it was just really quiet. So my dream was the whole shift and just as I finished, I woke up. (laughs) So I just worked. So I just went to bed and worked a full shift in a pub and then went home and woke up. I was like, all right, that was fucking, that was a a waste of sleep. (laughs) So yeah, I can't wait till we get to organise and control our dreams and actually do. Although, let's be realistic, I would choose for it to be just as boring. I'd just be at home rather than than working a bar. You do not need to be the poster boy for that fucking campaign. You can can literally dream up any takeaway um, to arrive at your house in your dream. Whatever topping you wanted on that pizza, you can have it. Amazing. Well... I'll go in with my number four. It looks like this is going to be a two-parter, but we can fly through our top threes a a bit quicker. But my number four is an obvious one that a lot of you will know would have to be in there, was when I almost drowned as a kid in France. And again, it's another one. It's a similar thing that I didn't learn until years later how impactful that was. So for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, it influenced my career as as well because I wrote about it in a thousand words, and that was one of the th- first things that got That's great. Weirdly, it's one of the first things that I think I talked about it on a, a behind the album thing recently. It was one of the first things that made my friends and family take me seriously as a as potentially doing this for a living. It was one of the first things I played people that they went, "All right, no, this is good. This isn't just oh, what's Pip a fucking about with?" Oh, um, completely. But yeah, that I almost drowned. I was four years old in, in uh, walking along a beach in France. I think I trailed back, and a wave came up and swept me out to sea. I too had recurring night terrors for years that I didn't realise that they were related to this. But through hypnosis, I found out that the recurring dream I had, where there was a witch in the in the living room at my my mum and dad's house, that was coming up the stairs, and I'd try and scream out to my mum and dad and I couldn't scream mm. and they kind of tied that back when regressing me to when I was in the water that every time I tried to scream out for help a wave would go in my mouth um, well, yeah that was my night terror was yeah. my mum as a witch coming up the stairs while I was yeah. playing in my bedroom yeah. that's very scary yeah it's we, terrifying you know. but again it was finding out years later that that was the reason for me having a stutter which obviously has changed my life massively I talk all the times about the positives of it opening up my vocabulary and stuff like that. But one of the most depressing periods I've had in my life recently, because again, I'm always, as you know, I'm always happy to talk about it, always happy to joke about my stutter, talked about it loads and stuff, but I was doing an interview for a guy who was doing a book about stutters and he didn't have a stutter, but he was looking into it. And one of his questions at the end was, if you could get rid of it like that, would you? And it was a depressing question because the answer was, yeah, course I would but I can't would I have never had it maybe not because it's created me put a resolve and determination in me that I maybe wouldn't have had as I've said before I feel it's broadened my vocabulary which has helped me out but it was it's, given, so- it's, it's put something given 
something about you, though, mate, to be yeah. honest with you, because you're quite boring with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. It's given me a trademark, a, a gimmick. <laughs> but again, it's, it is that thing that... Um, yeah, it was a depressing question to, to have because yeah. it was like, well, the answer's yes, but thanks, man. <laughs> thanks for making me think about that and going, yeah. Because particularly with podcasting or obviously my main f- focus in life now is acting. To not have to think about my stutter would be really nice. But I, mm. you, you can't just get rid of it. Equally, I've not gone above and beyond to try and get rid of it because I do feel it's part of me and I am comfortable with it. But yeah, and it's underrepresented in in television yeah. and stuff, and that's why you mentioned it ages ago. Uh, and and I've just watched the second series of Brassic, yeah, and and the character in there who's got a stutter, yeah, and there's doesn't define his character. No, nah. it's just a guy with a stutter with his mates, really and, and I think that uh, yeah, you see, I've chatted about it a bit with some people at, at Stammer because I'm a patron of the the British Stammering um, Association. And there was some backlash on that because a few people who have stammers saw that character and were disappointed that he's an idiot. And my kind of response to that was, have you watched the show? Like, they're all fucking idiots. It's a show about a group of idiots. idiots. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's a show about a group of idiots. The key part, as you said, is his stammer doesn't define him. A representation in all things... gender race and disability isn't just about having wonder woman you know a woman who's the lead and is powerful and great it's about having a variation of characters with flaws and different things it's not about saying well we've now put a strong woman in our film it's like cool you've got five variations of males but you've got a strong woman, so it's all good. It's like it's about that variation and having flaws. And unfortunately, undermines the story. It, under, it undermines a strong woman by just putting a strong woman in there, yeah. and then they, yeah. they just don't do anything and don't have any flaws. It's like, well, that's you're undermining that character yeah. and the fact that there are strong women and they have brilliant roles. Underwater, I loved it, and 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 it had Kristen Stewart in it, and I, I don't see many films with her, and I yeah. thought it was great, and she was. She was great in it as a character. And yeah. coming back to what um, what you said, uh, Stu, about um, stutters and, and, and portraying them as that being their thing, is like I've seen that so much with people with uh, stutters and stammers yeah. and in TV. And yet, to my um, you, Pip, and yeah. my my uncle who's got one, are two of the most powerful, strong-minded, competent, confident people I've ever known. And like, yes, okay, it doesn't mean to say that you, you know, you, you, you sometimes might have moments of doubt and question, yeah, we yeah. all do. But I wouldn't say that you're, you know, a lot of the time when they portray people with stars, it's like, oh, they're, they're self, they're, 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 they're a little insecure and they're a little bit, you know, second guessing and a bit unconfident. And it's like, I don't think that's a, always a fair representation of anyone who's ever got a star. So don't keep playing a character yeah. for that reason, you know. When, uh, when we, uh, you and I wrote a, a script together, Chris, which I still think is the best thing I've ever worked on script-wise, and I oh, think wow. it could be the biggest TV show ever. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's but shit. there was a character in that that I said, I think he should have a stutter, partly because I want to uh, uh, play him. Everything I write, mm. I'm putting uh, myself in. But part of that was also was because we hadn't put that in at the start. So I knew that we hadn't built the character with any bias of, oh, he's got a, a stutter, so no. we're going to have this or that. We'd written a good chunk of his story so to then go right 
Let's give him a star, which actually then works in other Does parts of totally the story and making it. it make sense. But it actually now serves the script completely. Yeah, but it's not defined by it, and I think no. that's the way things it, it, it should be. I had an amazing actress on the podcast called called Angel Jufria, and she's a cyborg. She as she describes uh, herself because she, she's yeah. got a, ro- a robot arm, and it's the coolest shit I've ever seen. We I sat there and we I went through her different arms and all things like that. And she was saying that she's had roles that are reasonably big, but the role that she'd just got at that time that meant the world to her was just a waitress. But the reason it meant the world was it wasn't... A lot of the bigger roles she's had is a scientist in a a lab that's all about (laughs) genetics and things like that. And she's there because she's not got an arm. And it's, it's a key part. But this was just... Yeah, she's got a fake arm, but she's just a waitress. And it wasn't referenced, it wasn't a big thing, but it was represented. And yeah, I think that's 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 key in these things of going look, a, a look at, and again, you can also have characters who are defined by it. That's part of it too, but it's the variation. And yeah, so yeah, France is my one. That almost drowning. I never as I said it wasn't until I had hypnosis at the age of fourteen or fifteen that I realised that that was where my stutter came from. At the time, my parents played it down massively. My Dad, again, I've told it a million times, but I always remember him. He came in and saved me, and I always remember him just saying, oh, I've ruined, ruined my new trainers. And that was to play down what a big deal it was and how, how dangerous it was. I also remember the batshitness. What was his trainers made out of tissue? Yeah, 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 they were really high-end. Um, I also remember us on that holiday, we took a detour to Lourdes to get holy water, to put in my ears because after that had happened they kept finding me talking to someone and I could hear these voices in my ears that they thought and my parents aren't that religious but they were like oh shit <laughs> he's he's come close to death and he's brought back a demon of some sort or something like that so they yes. they, they they put holy water on me and stuff like that which again is mad to to think about but um yeah that was a uh, yeah that's my number four but Obviously, in in real life, we're not going to take a break. But for those who are listening, we'll take a break now and then we'll be back in part two with uh, our top three. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That's the end of part one. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm recording this intro in my kitchen for the first... Outro, sorry, in my kitchen. Just out of interest. I don't normally record in here. If it sounds nice, let me know. If it sounds awful, eh, who cares? It's only the intro and outro. Part two will be up at midday. So, um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. See you in a bit.